Welcome to Loudmouth Radio Network. Tonight's broadcast is via internet, blogtalkradio.com slash loudmouthnetwork. This show is broadcast in the 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we want to thank you for tuning in and listening to The Bare Truth, Love, Life, Sex, and Flowers with Miss Jazzy Jones. To all our listeners that are online, please tweet at loudmouth, L-O-U-D-D-M-O-U-T-H. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash loudmouthonline. The Bare Truth is one of four shows that are broadcast and live weekly on Loudmouth Radio. Tune in each Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 8 p.m. to follow our show. For all our listeners online that would like to call in, talk to our guests, or our host, you may be able to do so at 347-826-7520. And we'll be more than happy to speak with you on air. Again, for all our small business owners, there's a wonderful opportunity right now to broadcast and advertise with us with Loudmouth Radio. Contact our offices at 706-363-3895. Our Loudmouth Media offices are available 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday. This show is being sponsored by Fletcher Sons Auto 2 in Jonesboro, Georgia at 7363 Terra Boulevard in Jonesboro, Georgia. The number to be reached is 770 770- Four seven one zero one one six. For all our listeners and supporters of Loudmouth Radio, it's a fantastic opportunity to take advantage of the great AC system check repair offered by Fletcher & Sons. Good until the end of May, May 31, 2013, and I value any other offers. Have your AC system fully checked, charged, and serviced by Fletcher & Sons Auto 2. To see more about their business, check them online on loudmouthtv.com and put in Fletcher & Sons of Jonesboro. Digimon Printing of Cybridge, Georgia is also offering our listeners the opportunity to get 250 business cards for $25, as well as 1,000 flyers, and you get 10 11 by 17 posters free with your purchase. Any design fees will be extra. Contact them today at 770-506-2996. And now, we'd like to bring in your host, Ms. Jazzy Jones. Good evening, everyone. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us on this Tuesday, 8 p.m. You've done a great job at following us all of these weeks so far, and I'm so glad that you are joining us again this evening. I don't take it lightly because I know that you could be doing something else on a Tuesday at 8 p.m. I get a lot of calls or emails to say, Jazzy, I was busy, I had you know, church or I had school, I was coming in from work, but I did archive the show. So thank you for all of our Internet listeners that are um, not able to always call in, but you are archiving, you're going back. I really do appreciate you. We here at the Loudmouth Radio Network really want to commend you on helping us become one of the fastest-growing online radio shows, and we are doing an amazing job, at least in my opinion, but I'm a little bit biased. I'm not going to take much time in all of that talking, blah, 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 but this is a talk show, so I do that. I do have the dogs in the studio with me today. I haven't had them with me in the last few um, weeks because we've been kind of traveling and doing some uh, out-of-town spots and stuff, but they're here with me today because they just didn't want to leave my side. So anyway, so since you hear them barking, you know that they're excited. Tonight's show is called I'm Not Lazy crazy or stupid. Um, And it's people like myself 
that are dealing with three, in my opinion, of the top um, disorder and diseases that people tend to look at you and say, ah, yeah, you can just get over it real quick, or you can do this, or you can do that, or I don't really believe it's an issue, or it's just in your head. So we wanted to label the show what most people tell us. I do suffer with fibromyalgia as well as bipolar disorder. So I have a couple of things that go on with me in my daily living, and pain would be one of them. Um, sometimes it's not as painful as others, and sometimes it's just, okay, I can't even walk or I need to sleep a whole lot or whatever. But tonight we're going to share a few stories. Uh, we did a lot of pre-recording on this one. I found some wonderful, wonderful documentaries that I want to share with you, so I'm not going to hold you up, but we're going to start off with fibromyalgia. We'll talk about lupus, and then we're going to play Sue Ryerson's and I first interview on bipolar disorder. And I won't play the whole thing, but it'll just briefly start out telling you what bipolar disorder is and is not. And then you'll be able to go back and archive that show as well as this one. But Sue, I'm so proud of her, and I'm so proud that I'm able to be a part of a project called I'm Not Crazy. And it is a bipolar documentary that will be coming out very, very, very soon, and it's already has some requests and it's not even finished. So we're really excited about that project. It's four of us and we're called the the Bipolar Babes. We love it. So you'll be hearing a lot about us. But you're going to hear part of that replayed. So we're going to start off the program with me reading. I found a wonderful site on Facebook um, or page, I should say, and it's called Behind Fibromyalgia. So if you have an opportunity to go and like the page. But I just wanted to start off reading this. And it says, but you don't look sick. Maybe you're just stressed or depressed. You should get out more or try relaxing. You need to try harder. You know what? You're just lazy. I'm sure many of you have heard at least one of these comments. If you have fibromyalgia, please allow me to say that you are not alone in your distress. Many people with fibromyalgia, including myself, and I agree, <laughs> have experienced doubting looks or comments from family members and friends about the pain and symptoms of your illness. There are even a few doctors, more than a few in my opinion, who continue to question the realness of fibromyalgia pain. This skepticism and ignorance arises from the fact that the healthcare community is still struggling to fully explain what causes or perpetuates the pain, although we're going to show you some things that have just been found out. And, of course, the lack of education to the general public. Fibromyalgia hurts, and their indifference can hurt just as bad, and in my opinion, even more. Of course, these opinions doesn't make the pain and other symptoms of fibromyalgia less real for those who suffer. Please remember, you know more than anyone than you are really sick. You know more than anybody. God knows your heart also. He knows you are trying and endeavoring to be all that he has created you to be. Besides, we give more to what we are capable of. Every day we get up and we fight. 
Do you know how many people who are healthy who give far less? Awareness conquers ignorance. Have a pain-free day, and this comes from Simone. And we really appreciate Simone because, you know, it's pages, it's forums, it's different things like this that give people comfort because when you're saying that you're in a lot of pain or you're hurting or you don't feel good or you just can't get up or, you're, you know, you're a little cranky or, you know, just all of the things that come, the side effects and the effects of the pain on an everyday basis and someone is saying to you, yeah, whatever, I don't believe it, I just think you're lazy, I, just, I really think you're crazy. Are you stupid because it's a, it's a fog, it's called the fog, you forget a lot, you can't remember, you you know, you're getting ready to say something and honest to God, it's gone. And no matter how much you want to remember it, it is absolutely gone. So it's things like that. But we really appreciate uh, Simone for doing these type of things um, and posting and supporting. So what I want to do now is play for you a um, a wonderful, absolutely wonderful documentary that I found. I'm so pleased with this. As a matter of fact, I am going to reach out to the people who made this documentary and um, support them 100%. So sit back, relax, grab all of your drinks and your teas, prop your legs up, call a friend. Definitely if you want to comment, call in, please, 347-826-7520. That way you'll be able to talk about what you may experience or if you have a question, hopefully we'll be able to answer it. And if not, we definitely will find the answers to the best of our ability for you. So sit back and relax and listen just for a little bit. Kids are waking up every single day in pain from head to cold. I'm tired. I'm tired all the time. I I feel like I have just many, many holes in me that make me tired all the time. I don't think I have an outlet. I don't have anybody that I really talk to except the two girls. I very seldom share with anybody else. I bounced around between lots of doctors, specialists, MRIs, x-rays, to be able to be diagnosed with it, it took about a year and a half to do that. And then finally in August, August 31st of 2004, I was confirmed with a case of fibromyalgia. Fibromyalgia is a neuromuscular condition that's associated with an unexplained pain uh, for the individuals. Uh, the pattern is usually def- is uh, chronic in nature. Your, your nerves are just going haywire and, and they don't really know how to calm down themselves. The individual will often will be diagnosed based on 11 uh, of 18 active trigger points over the body, usually in the major muscle groups uh, of the body, so the, the arms, the legs, the back. I have two daughters with fibromyalgia. I've never been diagnosed with it, but I think I've had it for about 30 years going by Mikey and any symptoms that they have. Burning, 
it burns all the time. My legs, my body, and I burn from the inside out. My core temperature is so hot all the time. I have two air conditioners in my house, and one of them is in my bedroom, and it never shuts off. The way fibro affects me is that I have constant pain in my arms, my legs, my back. Um, it causes restless leg syndrome in me. Most of the time my feet and ankles are so bad that I can't stand it and have to put either cold or heat on whichever one works at the time. I also take medication for it, all the pain all over my body. I can get it in my hair and my armpits, um, in my knees, legs, everywhere. And it just feels like creepy crawly bugs crawling all over and you can't make that feeling stop. And then another symptom I get is IBS, which it makes it really hard to go to the bathroom. And usually I, it's pain, very painful too. And usually I have a heating pad and a blanket into the ba- in the bathroom with me when I go because it's, the warm makes it feel better. They, they feel it's, it's, a, it's the result of overactive nerves. And uh, so where a person becomes hypersensitive to various, I mean, sometimes it's just the bed sheets, sometimes it's temperatures, sometimes it's, um, you know, walking up and down stairs. And, it, and that becomes the cha- one of the challenges, again, for, for diagnosis. Um, but secondary symptoms usually are fatigue, um, sometimes debilitating fatigue. Um, we have uh, issues where we have uh, mental depression. We have uh, issues around digestive issues. I can't move my muscles, and it's because I'm tensing up so hard trying to get out of bed because this one doesn't want to work, or my back is hurting so bad because of laying in one position all night. It kind of like goes like this and won't do this. Fibromyalgia affects somewhere between three and six million Americans, and generally more uh, more women versus men. One of the biggest challenges of this uh, condition um, is the the effect on real lifestyle, uh, and it, without question, it can be debilitating and it can vary. That's part of the biggest thing, but it, it can be debilitating for the individual. When I see my sister or my sister's friend mowing the lawn. I know that I could be out there doing that, but I don't know if I could handle the heat because heat is a big thing with fibro. That triggers most of my fibromyalgia. Um, So I don't know that I could stand the heat out there mowing the lawn or even with the push mower, I know that I wouldn't be able to walk as far as, as the lawn to mow it. People who have fibromyalgia require a lot of care and attention. They're in so much pain that sometimes they can't even walk. Mikey's already crawled to the bathroom when she couldn't stand up or walk. In the middle of the night, when I cannot sleep, when everyone is sleeping in the house, I go to a 24-hour open store, and there are my friends. In the middle of me shopping, they come up and say, I haven't seen you for a while. Where have you been? It's been more of a sleep today. Or if I'm there all the time, it's you're not getting sleep today, are you? No. I come home and it's daylight. My kids 
and sending them to school. This is my hydrocodone. It's Norco. That's a restaurant. These are muscle relaxers. I need the function for my kids. These are my medications. Um, these are both Percocet, and um, I can take up to eight a day. Tori, I have two of them. This is one that's called um, Voltaren. This is a muscle relaxer who's willing to do that when you're on it. And then Prilosec. Good old Prilosec. Prilosec helps with the IBS. So this is it. This is all I take for my fibro, the only thing. That's it. One more thing I forgot. Um, I also have asthma. So as you can see, it is a painful, sometimes very debilitating uh, disease and disorder. And whatever you want to call it, basically it hurts. And so just from that alone, I counted this one young lady, and, and there was two sisters, it's just a family, that had 11 medications, 11 different medications just so that she won't hurt and so she can function and fighting the IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, and just watching her crawl to the bathroom, I know it's days when I want to get up, I have to kind of rock like I'm 80 or 90 years old just to make it out of the bed, just to kind of stand there for a few minutes before I can move or finding the little points in the back of my neck that are so sensitive to touch, whereas somebody else can take the weight of a whole hand I can barely take just you rubbing your finger over it like a feather. So for a long time, when you're saying these type of things to doctors, they're looking at you like, yeah, whatever, you're just lying. You just want to get on disability. You're just crazy, lazy, or stupid. And as you can see, there is no way that all of these people, predominantly women we found, could be constantly saying the same thing and there not be some truth. We're going to take a brief moment and um, have our sponsors and our advertisement notice, and then I want to come back with what Dr. Oz says about it. And they just did um, some amazing articles in Newsweek where they have now found some evidence in the brain. So we're going to take a moment and just have our sponsorship come in. I think. And until that happens, we may just continue to go on. I believe I have a caller. Um, let's see. Caller, are you here? Hello? Okay, so never mind. We will continue on with the show. Um, I do have Dr. Oz's Wonderful. Some, you know, I love going and finding information because it is so important that when you're talking about, you know, these things that you're finding information that's going to support what you're looking for. And when I tell you I love YouTube, 
and I love Google because you will find things that will get the stories done. And until we have some of these guests on the show or until we have uh, some of the doctors as guests as well, YouTube is a beautiful thing. I absolutely adore it because it really, truly gives me um, some good, good information. So we're going to hold and listen to Dr. Oz. There's a controversial diagnosis out there. Even though millions of women complain, this disease wasn't accepted until recently. Here's the deal. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you overcome of unexplained pain? What if it all actually was a real illness? Fibromyalgia. Is it a symptom of depression? Or is it the most controversial diagnosis for your pain and exhaustion? It's a mysterious syndrome of symptoms that overwhelmingly strikes women. So tired. Depression was unbearable. Pain. Misunderstood. Everything started with me when I had the thought I was going crazy. This diagnosed and difficult to treat. I went to countless doctors. No treatment worked. Nothing. No Just over a decade ago, there was little scientific evidence that there was anything more than hysteria or hypochondria. But I can tell you, fibromyalgia is a very real disease. These ladies in the audience have all been diagnosed. I'll talk to them in a second. But first, Dr. Holly Phillips, medical and health contributor for the CBS Morning News this year. Dr. Holly, what do you think about this diagnosis? You know, I think it's a very, very real illness, and it's very debilitating. In my practice, I primarily take care of women. I'm just shocked at how frequently I see women with the condition. Despite the fact that a lot of folks are very concrete about their complaints, there are not a lot of concrete ways of making a diagnosis. We don't have a biopsy test, no blood test to find it out. So how do we actually figure it out? Well, there are two primary conditions really uh, diagnosed based on symptoms. You have to have pain throughout your body for three consecutive months, and you also have to have 11 out of 18 what we call tender points, particular points in your body that are really painful. So I've got a couple of folks here. Uh, may I start with this group here? If I can go through, I'm going to, what's your, what's your first name? Danielle. Danielle. So we'll start and go down the road. And I expect to hear uh, what, what your symptoms are. Just describe them to me. If you can find that, we can put them on those tender points and those mannequins up there. Sure. I had a lot of pain. I would say behind my neck, mm-hmm. uh, back of my shoulders, near the headache. Yvette, so. where's your discomfort? Uh, my hands mostly right now. It comes and goes like from my shoulder. I can't turn my head this way, but... Um, it's in my hands more so than anything else. Let's go to two more. Go ahead. Um, today it's my arms and my uh, inner thighs. It's different every day. Changes a lot. Yeah, often. Okay. Feet, ankles. Feet, ankles. You can see why symptoms being sort of moving and changing from day to day and not always being identical from person to person, it can be really difficult to make diagnosis, which is why we do the show today. Because these are controversial topics, but they're not ones we should not be aware of. And you'll be, you know, you'll be the change in medicine to get us all on the same page on this. So that's why I go through the rest of the tender points. You've already knocked off about six months. Yeah, these women really identified a, a great number of them. The main tender points are the back of the head, mm-hmm. in between the shoulder blades, and also the top of the shoulder. Then we have the front of the neck, the upper chest, um, and the inside of the neck. Can I show you something that I'm really proud of? You know, I've been talking about controversies today. I'm going to show you a brain image. 
that maybe for many of you, for the first time, will prove that fibromyalgia is real. Take a look at this image. See those blue colors there? That shows women with fibromyalgia have a decrease in blood flow in the brain region known to discriminate pain intensity. Those are those blue areas there. Normally, you have to any blue at all, and if people find fibromyalgia, it's there. Other parts of the brain, by the way, get turned off. You okay with this? Why are you emotional about that? It took so long to get diagnosed, and it's really hard. I mean, I sometimes think also to think, maybe I am crazy, maybe it's in my head. And it's hard for my children to say um, that mommy's not lazy, and so just to see something in black and white or blue and white is really nice to say. I'm glad it helps. Well, I think this is one of the places where we can do better. Uh, because we're not respectful of the issues you're dealing with because we don't understand them. We don't have a whole new world of opportunities for us. But we also serve a lot of the, the shame that went along with the diagnosis. So Dr. Hodge, do we know why fibromyalgia hurts? So as you can see, we have now found um, proof in the brain that people with fibromyalgia really are not crazy. There are real issues. Um, and if you can see, I'm going to post these um, on our site and on Facebook so that you'll be able to see the actual points in the brain, what they were talking about. If you have fibromyalgia, your pain uh, sensors, they don't know, hey, it shouldn't hurt that bad or it shouldn't be doing certain things. And if you're not getting enough blood flow and all of these things that are taking place are causing major effects and how your body's feeling, they misdiagnosed this for so many years. Can you imagine 20, 30, 40 years? I was just diagnosed in 2000, I believe it was 2008 um, that I was diagnosed. I was actually living in Chicago at the time, and I was going through so much pain, and I was so tired. I had no energy gain and so much weight. And finally went to a doctor. Fortunate for me, thank you for the brown elephant in Chicago, I was able to get a really good doctor who said, you know, and I had gone through three other doctors prior to and said, this is what I'm dealing with. And they just kind of said, yeah, well, you just sound depressed. And um, I realized that um, at the time that I was also bipolar, <laughs> living with bipolar disorder, but to have those two mixed together, oh, my God, I am just such a special, beautiful-minded person but I had a very good doctor that walked through the pains that I was feeling, and it was a lot, and I had a bunch of them. I think I have all of them except three. So out of the 18 symptoms, um, I have 13. And, you know, when you're telling somebody that don't touch me like that and they're looking at you saying I barely touched you, I barely, and, and it's so, it's sad for me because I'm trying to explain it and those that, you know, deal with fibromyalgia daily, it's one of those things that it hurts you so badly when you hear um, a person that you love or a person that cares about you in friendship, and when, when they're looking at you with this, yeah, whatever, sure, okay, right. I know my mom, I, I believe wholeheartedly, like the documentary, that my mom has had it forever, ever since I can remember. My mother used to have these pains from nowhere, and I looked at her the same way. Yeah, whatever. There's no way somebody could hurt as bad as this for a lifetime. 
and she did. And so, you know, a lot of people, it genetically kind of goes down, just as we will learn the same with uh, lupus, which is very closely linked um, with the same type of thing as fibromyalgia. It just goes a little bit further. So I wanted to bring this again because when you have people that doubt you so much and you walk around, you know, feeling less a lot of times, like the other young lady in Dr. Oz's clip says, you know, maybe I am crazy because you start believing it because nobody else believes it. So it's really good to get support groups in support groups. It's great for you to be able to bounce your pain off of somebody else's pain, and it doesn't mean that we sit around and wallow in the pain. We're very supportive in keeping a very positive attitude, being grateful that it's not getting worse. We're very um, prone to say, you know, you can do it. You can get through this next day. And, you know, we live with the pain. We live with it. Sometimes you forget that it's not everybody's normal because it's your normal. You live with it. And then you have certain triggers like the cold or the heat or humidity will trigger it. You'll be exposed to hotter temperature, um, and it may increase your headaches. It may increase your fatigue or your muscle pain, and you get anxiety. I can't stand hot, hot weather, and I can't stand extremely cold, which is two of the ones that kind of give you that extra pain or fatigue level. So, I know it started to get a little hotter in the last couple of weeks. I've been extremely tired. It's not like me not to want to go somewhere or do something. And I've just been camped in the house like, okay, I just need to lay down. And so I know a lot of people who suffer with this, or I would say who live with this, um, feel the same way. So it's really important to, as I stated before, have support groups, find out as much information, get the right doctors and get on the right medications if you're taking them. Eating healthy and exercising to the best of your ability. Swimming is really good because it's not as strenuous. So it's things like that that can help you live with it a lot easier. So I'm very, very extremely glad that we are able to bring this information. Again, if you would like to call, you can call us at 347-826-7520. You can also... um, Listen to us on loudmouthradio.com and directly come in on a live um, broadcast. And you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. We are all over the place so that you have opportunity to just kind of join in with us. I'm going to see now if our sponsors are able to be recognized, and we'll go right into our next segment. And once again, I don't think they're there, (laughs) but it's quite okay. I do know that we are sponsored by Fletcher & Sons um, Auto Shop, which is just amazing, and they've been giving us some really good deals on an air conditioning check and cleaning, I believe it is, for $75 for our listeners, as well as digital printing. That did our wonderful flyers, and I'll post all of that information up, and hopefully we'll have our our producer to come on. We we're uh, doing some different things, and so we always have a different treat each week. But nevertheless, it's still a really good uh, it's a really good show. But I want to go into 
our next segment since she's not on because I don't want to miss a beat in getting the information that we have for you out. And this next segment is going to take you right over into lupus. And if you're living with lupus, I just want to give you a great big hug and a kiss because just like fibromyalgia, it is one of those things that can be extremely debilitating. I know we just read an article where um, Nick Cannon was just diagnosed. Well, I wouldn't say he just was diagnosed. He wasn't. But he just came out telling his story about his lupus. And ironically enough, he didn't have the lupus that forms on your skin and causes the rashes. He had lupus internally that attacked his liver. And primarily it, you know, lupus comes on and is triggered by a lot of stress or overworking, not enough sleep, like most diseases, most disorders. If we're not taking care of the body, if we're not eating properly, we're not sleeping, we're not resting, it aids. If it does not create it, it definitely aids into a lot of the things that we go through. So I know Nick Cannon was just one of those, and he changed his lifestyle dramatically, changed his eating, cut back on his work schedule so that he's able to live a long and healthy life with his children and his wife. So kudos to Nick Cannon and all of the celebrities that are dealing with um, diseases and disorders. We want to just say, you know, kudos for you using your position and using your fame to get the awareness out about these particular things. So lupus is one of those things like fibromyalgia that was misdiagnosed for years. I remember years ago I had a best friend at the time. This was in the late 80s, 90s, who they didn't know what was wrong with her, had no clue, couldn't figure it out. They just knew she's tired. Well, she had had five kids, so most people thought, well, she's just got five kids. That'll wear anybody down. And true enough, that that was a factor. However, she began to develop a lot of symptoms, a lot of fatigue, a lot of things that they were just unaware of um, what it was. And they sent her through test after test after test. And finally, they came up with this word called lupus. Well, at the time, and even now, people didn't know much about it. And so we were just kind of like, she's just going to die. That was our our initial, boom, she has lupus and it's a death sentence. So what we ended up doing was try to find out as much information as possible so that we would be aware of um, how to be with her, how to support her in her pain levels. So I'm going to play another clip for you because I found some great ones. I told you I'm really proud of what we found uh, on this show and let you know what it's like living with lupus. I always say that even on my good days, um, most people would have called in sick (laughs) if they felt the way I feel on good days. When Caroline Gort was diagnosed with lupus more than a decade ago at the age of 30, she remembers struggling with the word incurable. Our brains are hardwired to assume that if you get sick, you get better. No two cases of lupus are the same. Any tissue or organ in the body can be affected. Skin, heart, brain, kidneys. Caroline says for her, life is a daily battle with extreme exhaustion and severe joint pain, all because her misguided inner defense system is attacking her own cells. So the job of her immune system is to fight drugs or cancers, 
And in lupus, uh, the immune system cannot distinguish the cell tissues from infections or bugs or other things. Mayo Clinic rheumatologist Bai Chowdhury says the cause is unknown, but seems to involve a combination of genetics and the environment. And women are nine times more likely to develop lupus than men. Hormones, female hormones, can also increase the risk. In fact, a lot of people recall having their lupus start after pregnancy uh, or conditions that have increased hormonal status. The wide variety of symptoms often leaves patients without an accurate diagnosis for years. Caroline says her reddened cheeks and sensitivity to sunlight are common among her friends with lupus. So, too, are skin rashes, achy joints, anemia or low white blood cell counts, fevers, and headaches. Dr. Chowdhury urges anyone with these persistent symptoms to see a rheumatologist because lupus may lead to other conditions like heart disease. In fact, women um, in, in the 30 to 45 age group are at 50 times increased risk of having a heart attack compared to women of the similar age group. Caroline's hope lies in research, knowing that the next breakthrough might be the one to free her from the anti-inflammatory steroids most patients depend on. It's wonderful that the medication allows you to function and keeps you alive, but um, mood swings and insomnia um, and weight gain and um, severe hunger are, are significant side effects that are hard to live with. For the Mayo Clinic News Network, I'm Dennis Dota. Okay, so once again, we have here's a disease that, you know, not everybody knows about, not everybody understands, but it's very real, and it's very different. When I was looking up the information on lupus, I thought, oh, my God, this is like a whole lot. And thinking about my friend Michelle and thinking about my friend Tracy, who, you know, I was so hoping that she would have had an opportunity to call in, and maybe she still will because we're still going forward. But watching her, I remember marching with Tracy, and this is Lupus March. So I remember uh, marching with Tracy at Piedmont Park a few years back. We got a chance to do the Lupus Walk together. And she was in so much pain. And she said, you know what, it's okay. I'm going to do this. And, you know, it was just a walk around the park. You hear what I'm saying? Just a walk around Piedmont Park, ordinary day, the type of walk that, you know, most people wouldn't even think about. You just walk around, come back around, no problem. But people with lupus, all of these people who had what's called the butterfly rash that's on their skin, a lot of them did not have any. A lot of them were wearing T-shirts where people with lupus that they have loved has gone and transitioned over. But Tracy was in so much pain, and the sun was bright and it was a gorgeous day, but sun is not always our friend because it makes you hurt worse. Um, but she said, you know what, I'm going to walk. And we danced, and it was a band out, and she and I acted a plum fool and pretended we were in a marching band, and we danced, and she made that walk. And, you know, what was so beautiful is she made it. But what was so sad is before the walk was barely over, she just had to sit down, and she had to have her umbrella because the sun was too much, and it made the pain worse, and you saw so many of that throughout the park, but you saw so many people building bonds and friendships and support groups and talking about the different studies and the medications and the different types of lupus that they had, and that was the sad, beautiful part because here it is that you're getting education and you're getting support and people are talking about it, 
but not enough people are talking about it. Not enough people are marching and supporting. So, you know, it was one of those that I'm very glad to have been a part of it, very glad to have been made more aware of what the disease is. But at the same time, watching my friend hurt and only knowing a part of that pain with the fibromyalgia, but knowing that it you know, goes even a step further. And everybody deals with lupus and fibromyalgia, for that matter, very differently. Your system does different things with the disease. And with lupus, as you heard, you know, it just it's it's a chronic autoimmune disease. So you're talking about your immune system that normally fights off the bacteria and viruses, you know, those bad things that attack. Well, it doesn't know if it's a good or bad, so it's attacking both healthy and bad um, your system. It, it's tearing up good bacteria as well as bad. So that's kind of a uh, yeah, it's kind of sad. But the good thing is, once again, you do have people who, kudos to our doctors who are concerned. Kudos to people who are donating massive amounts of money for studies. And like I said earlier, kudos to our entertainers um, that are saying, let me use my fame and my fortune for more than just you know, a new car and a new purse and some shoes and a vacation. Let me also use that in conjunction with all of those good things for me working hard to entertain you. But let me also use my fame and my fortune to get the word out about these diseases, about these disorders. I'm not crazy. I'm not lazy. I'm not stupid. We're talking about fibromyalgia. We're talking about lupus. And we're talking about bipolar syndrome. So once again, we're going to try to have our producer give us some information about our sponsors because we never want to forget that we do have people that are saying, I believe in your show and I want to back you. So hang on. We'll have them come right in. This broadcast is sponsored by Fletcher & Sons Auto Repair 2 in Jonesboro, Georgia at 7363 Terra Boulevard. Jonesboro, Georgia, 30236. Connect with them today at 770-471-0116. They're offering all our listeners and supporters of Live Mouth Radio opportunity to have your car come in for a fantastic service for your air conditioning. This is the time to take the car in. It's not totally hot yet, but you definitely don't want to get caught in the heat wave and not be able to have your car serviced and blowing properly once that heat does come in. Feel free to contact them today again at 770 770- Four seven one zero one one six. You also can connect with them online on Loudmouth TV and take a look at their video in regards to their location. We also want to also give support to our sponsor, uh, Digimo Printing, at five three six five North Henry Boulevard in Stockbridge, Georgia, offering our listeners the opportunity to get two hundred and fifty business cards for twenty five dollars, as well as a thousand flyers for eighty dollars, and you get eleven. 10, 11 by 17 posts is free with that purchase. Any design fees would be extra. Contact them today at digimoprinting.com. Let Digimo take you to the next level. And now back to your host, Ms. Jazzy. Thank you so much. We finally got our sponsors in there. I don't want them calling me saying, okay, I um, was supposed to have some information. 
So I'm glad we were able to get that in there. Guys, if you have a car, seriously, take it over and let the experts take care of you. Don't burn up. Don't, you know, don't sweat to death because you didn't take your car in soon enough. It has already started to be really hot. As well as, you know, if you needed any printing, Digimo Printing is doing a great job. We'll post all those things so you'll be able to take a look at our flyers and our design work, which the bare truth was a really hard one out of all of our shows. We have the Universal Mind. We have with Roderick Watkins that comes on Mondays. We also have... um, we also have my show, which is The Bare Truth. Um, we have on Wednesdays now our producer, Sonny, um, that comes on in the studio. And we have J.L. King that comes on Thursdays. We will soon be having Sadiqa Blue that will come on Friday nights. And on Saturdays, all of the DJs, if you've got your mixtape, your mix CDs, your MP3s, MP4s, and all of the other stuff that I may not know, make sure you submit that information because... We definitely want to have jam sessions on the weekend like everybody else. In the background, you actually hear um, some music that's playing that is um, I'm doing things a little bit different this week where I'm going to talk about my flower in the middle of the show because I want to put the bipolar um, pre-recorded that we did. And actually, Sue Rison was my very first guest on The Bare Truth. And so I'm always proud to reintroduce her, but she is an amazing person. She and I both live with bipolar disorder along with Ramona and along with Bretta. Bretta did a poem for us a couple of weeks ago. And so I want to have that show come back on in a few minutes, and so I'm not going to really do a whole lot of interrupting. I'm going to kind of let that one play out. So I want to talk about my flower, which, you know, each week I try to find a flower that is going to um, support the show's topic. And so this particular flower is called the crocus. It is absolutely gorgeous. They come in yellow, purple, and white. And I am doing the purple one in support of lupus month. Um, And it kind of looks like a butterfly the way it's kind of shaped on some of the flowers. But nevertheless, it really is the flower that talks about cheerfulness. Cheerfulness. Wow, I had to break that one down. And it talks about joy and just being happy. And in the in the lieu of things, when you're in a lot of pain, sometimes it's a lot harder to feel good. It's a lot harder to think about some joyous moments. But as I stated, we're living with this pain to the degree sometimes that you forget that it's like not normal to have it. So you live with it, and you do find joy, and you do have happy moments. And there's a moment in the day when the pain is not as intense or sometimes it shifts and it's not, you know, as noticeable. And so you have happy days. And I wanted to find a flower that gave us the thought of joy, and it's beautiful. I can't wait till we post it up. It's absolutely gorgeous. So I wanted to talk about the flower in between because our people – that are dealing with these disorders and diseases are happy people. They're joyful people. And they bring, you know, the funniest antidotes in the lieu of their pain. (laughs) So, you know, I would say that they are very humorous and very fun to be around when they can be. So we want a flower. So right now we're going to go over into 
our next segment, which is the bipolar disorder segment with Sue Ryerson. And if you'll sit back once again and enjoy yourself, I might pop in just to say a little note here and there, but for the most part, we're going to let it play. Thank you so much, and I will see you in just a few. Good evening, and welcome to The Bare Truth. I'm your host, Jazzy Jones, and we are live on the new Loudmouth Radio Network. This show is sponsored by Scarlet Place Apartment, South Atlanta's hidden gem. I'm excited, excited, super excited to have you guys with us and joining us and and just tuning in with us this evening. It is extremely an honor to be here with you tonight and have you join us. We're going to get out of your way just for a brief moment and allow our sponsors to come in and tell you all about us. So, and now we have... Scarlet Place Apartments, considered to be Atlanta's hidden gem, offering one, two, and three-bedroom apartment homes. Scarlet Place is located in a fabulous location, only minutes from Hartsfield-Jackson International Airport and only a few miles away from major interstates and downtown Atlanta. Residents of this community enjoy amenities such as vaulted ceilings, crown molding, and washer and dryer connections, fully equipped electric kitchens with spacious floor plans, work out in our new fitness center, or simply relax by the pool. We invite you to call us for more information and schedule your personalized tour. Scarlet Place. See why our residents love to call us home. Located 3500 Summer Court Drive, Jonesboro, Georgia. Call for more details at 470-315-1194. And for a special note this evening, if you have any questions regarding this broadcast or would like to reach us for advertising, Call our Loudmouth Media offices at 706-363-3895 during business hours from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time from Monday through Friday. Also, if you want to download our program for the evening, we are available for download and on demand on our blog talk radio.com slash loudmouth radio and that's loudmouth with two d's so it's l-o-u-d-d mouth radio anytime after 10 p.m eastern standard time and that's out on each monday okay loudmouth radio is one of the internet's hottest online radio networks our talk radio shows cover topics that are geared towards empowerment inspiration and entertainment Contact us live online and on demand 24-7 on loudmouthradio.com and share with us your thoughts and the things that inspire you. Monday nights, Tuesday nights, and Thursday nights we do have our shows, and we'll, we'll let you know some more of those shows as we continue. We'll also let you know about our advertisement and how you're able to advertise with Loudmouth Radio. So now that we have all of the good stuff out of the way that helps us pay for this, we are so excited to have one of our exciting, um, I think I've said exciting about 20,000 times, so I'm going to cut exciting. (laughs) We have a really great topic that we're going to be discussing this evening, and that is bicycle, the effects of bipolar disorder on relationships. And a lot of times people don't even know that they're living with bipolar. They just think that, you know, they act that way because 
they just act that way. Um, and, and it is their normal, but they don't know what their normal really is or what their normal really means. So we wanted to be able to give you topics like bipolar disorder um, and how to live with it. And actually those that even live with us, that's kind of one of the main things that we want to put out there to uh, America and the nation is it's not only the people that live with bipolar disorder, but it's a lot of times people who are living with them and how they are responding to or not responding to this disorder. And I don't say we're suffering with bipolar disorder. I, I say that we're living with it because it is something that you learn to adapt to. It is some, something that you learn to adjust and you live your life accordingly. And we're going to talk to our special guest um, who I have just fallen in love with. She is absolutely a hoot. She's so funny, but she also has lived with this for a long time and finally got it to a place that we can talk about it, we can laugh about it, and we can live with it. So I'm really, really proud of her, proud of those who acknowledge that they live with this disorder, proud of those who are able to finally step up and go, maybe I need to look into... Um, the possibilities of having it and what I can do to live with it on a daily basis. Glad that you guys have joined us. Um, it has been a long day of getting this show together, but we're excited about it. We're excited about Loudmouth um, Radio and our producer, Sunny Spoon, Sabrina Sunny Spoon Smith, has really done an amazing job of putting together some awesome shows that um, are just really tackling things that a lot of people are really afraid to tackle. We, even today we were going over the lineup of the next few week shows and we had someone to introduce a topic that is just absolutely a hoot after this show. We're going to have our lineup, so it may be some changes. So even if as you log in on air or online, you'll be able to see the lineup um, presently, so we may do some changes because we have had a lot of people that kind of called in or emailed us and said that, you know, what about this topic or what about that topic? So we're really excited. We do want you guys to call us um, if you have any questions or we want you to be able to um, go online. You can listen to us via Facebook and um, on the Blog Talk Radio itself. <laughs> I have my producers in different ones saying, what's this, what's that? So, guys, if you, you hear us make mistakes or you hear us do any of that, it's cool because it's my show. I can do that. So, you know, we're not going to have any pressures or any stresses with this. Uh, we want to thank, do want to thank again our sponsor, Scarlet Place Apartments, has really just been fantastic in standing behind us and giving us, you know, some awesome opportunities. So kudos for Scarlet Place Apartments in Jonesboro, Georgia. And um, again, we want to thank Loudmouth Radio Network. You guys are really going to be hearing that a lot throughout the show, and you're going to be hearing a lot about some of the programs that are coming up with uh, with this particular new media. So we're going to get ready to bring in our guest, who just amazing individual. She goes by the name of Sue, but her name is Susan Ryerson. 
and she's going to come on and join us. We welcomed her into the studio. We decided we wanted to do this uh, in person because, you know, Blog Talk is fantastic. You can go online, you can call in, and you can be in all parts of the world and just have a show. This is a fantastic opportunity. But we wanted to get together so we could laugh together and we could really just kind of bounce off each other this particular topic. So I want to ask Sue to come on and uh, just be a part of this program with us. Sue, are you with us? I sure am. Welcome you, Sue. I'm so glad you're finally with us. We had a little technical difficulty there, a little space in the place. It's okay, it's your first run. It's my first run. You know what's so funny? It's my first run for my own individual show, but not my first run on Blog Talk. But when you're on this side of the table and you're going, okay, mash this button, do this, do that, it's just a little bit uh, different. But nevertheless, like I said, we don't care about mistakes here. This is fun. And uh, we're going to get through it, and we have a lot of supporters. So welcome again, Sue. Uh, if you would tell our Blog Talk listeners just who you are and some of the little bit of things that you do. Okay. Um, I'm originally from New Jersey, which they'll be able to tell by my accent pretty soon. Um, <laughs> 51 years old. I'm a stand-up comic, and I've been doing comedy for years and years, and was diagnosed bipolar when I was 27 years old. And know probably better than most people just how it does affect relationships. Because okay. it does. Well, fantastic. Sue, now slow it down, Jersey girl. Because <laughs> Sue just rushed right through that comedy part of her life, and she has really had a strong run of being a, a comedian. And tell them a little bit about some of the people who you've worked with, Sue. Um, in, earlier in my career, when I was in my 20s, I had I, I met some of the most famous people out there in comedy, like Elaine Boozler, mm. Rita Rudner, Jay Leno, Billy Crystal. Um, I'm trying to think of who else would people would really know, but those were the ones of great notoriety. Sam Kinison. Wow. And he's just he's a lunatic on or off stage, or was a lunatic <laughs> on or off stage. He took over a show the minute he walked in the room. <laughs> Um, so it was fascinating because I got to meet the best of the best right. and get some of their tips. I worked with Rosie O'Donnell. Oh my God! For two years, my Rosie. Yeah, she was she was really cool, very sweet lady. Um, and one of the few comics actually sat down and helped mm. me from being a green comic into being a working comic. Wow! So I owe her a lot for that. Wow, that's awesome. A lot of people, you know, would never have had that experience, and for you to have had that is amazing. Amazing. Tell me something, Sue. How have you um, come into your own with uh, living with bipolar disorder? I know you you have a long little history here and and have done some really awesome things within the community with this disorder. So let's kind of dive right into it and and kind of talk about that. Okay. Um, Early on, like I said, I was diagnosed when I was 27, but I was aware of having a problem probably two years previous to that. Mm -hmm. I just knew that I didn't feel right. I didn't react to things the way other people reacted to things. There was a difference between me and everybody I knew. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a history in my family, so I was pretty sure I knew what I had. Mm -hmm. And finally got the courage up to go see a doctor about it, and she confirmed exactly. I mean, I walked into her office and said, I'm manic depressive. (laughs) And to which she said, oh, really? I said, no, I'm sure of it. I'm manic depressive, and I need drugs. Shut up. And, yeah, and she cracked up laughing. And we sat and we talked for a while, and she went through a battery of 
question and answers. Right, right. And she said, you're right. She said, you're absolutely right. You, she said, you have every sign of manic depression, and plus I had it in the family. Oh, my God. So, okay, that that was getting ready to be my question. So you knew of the manic depressive state because yes. of, of family history. Right. I Whereas, witnessed it. Okay, so because most people don't have that. Right. So for you to know that, and during that time, I mean, not to say that, I'm ancient. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. You really are. Um, no, just kidding. But during that time, you know, computers, it's not that computers are so, so old, but at that time it wasn't like it is now where you just no. pop a Google and, and just look it up. It, You know, you had to do a little bit more research. It was really just paying to... attention to what was around me. Um, I had an aunt that was severely manic. Wow. And um, you know, was on medication and she would be fine. Mm-hmm. And we all knew when she wasn't taking it. Right. Totally different person. Right. And, uh, you know, of course, I would question, you know, my mom and dad, well, you know, why is Aunt Barbara acting the way she is? And they would explain it. They weren't covering it up or anything like that. You know, it's just that she was sick and she wasn't taking her medication. They were very upfront about it. Right. Um, but, you know, at the same time, they tried to keep her, if she was in a severe manic state, to keep her away from the kids. Mm. You know, because at that point, nobody knew how to handle right. you know, manic depression. Right. What things would she do, and we don't really have to dive into her story, but just kind of making you see or compare some things to what you started to do or noticed that you did. What what were some of the things that she may have done that were a little bit uh, concerns for the kids? Uh, she would go into a severe manic state, which is the high. Mm-hmm. Um, and she would, she this happens with a lot of manics too, especially when they're in that state. They become Religious, but they choose a different religion every single time they're manic. So they're <laughs> Buddhists on Tuesday, and yes. then they fluctuate, and on Thursday they're into uh, Zen. And I mean, just it's funny. It's almost yeah. fun, you know. Yeah. I see it. That my it's perspective a sad is funny. funny. Yeah, yeah, it's a sad funny. Um, so they were kind of like, you know, they were raising us Catholic, going, "Knock it off, knock it off, just leave the kids alone." Um, just things like that. She was wonderfully creative. Yeah. And we would notice that her creativity would go to a new high mm-hmm. when she became manic, mm-hmm. and that was another sign. I loved that part of her. Uh, yeah. She did beautiful paintings and drawings and mm-hmm. sketches, just magnificent, that like I could never reproduce. So I kind of envied her the ability to do something like that, mm-hmm. not knowing that you, there was a, a price you paid for being that creative. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think from just witnessing it when I was younger, I was still aware of it when I was in my 20s and saying to myself, this resembles somebody else. Mm-hmm. I see it coming. And I didn't want to get as far into it as she did. Right. I wanted to get medicated and get better. Right. You know, feel better. Okay, so when you finally said, hey, this looks like the man in the mirror here, when you went into the doctor's office, what what sort of things have you noticed? Really about you now. We we know Aunt Barbara, and you know, and I'll come in a little bit later and share some of my own stories about you know how I went. Aha! <laughs> um, but what were some of the things that you that actually got you, like specific things that because a lot of people and and let me just interject this. A lot of people really they are in the suffering state, and I think you suffer until you come into the knowledge of this is what this is and how to manage it, and then you can live with it, and then you have a life. You no longer have that, oh, my God, I'm just lazy, stupid, crazy, out of control kind of person. Right. So what were some of the specific things that you um, can tell us? Well, I was I was doing stand-up at the time, mm-hmm. and I noticed that <clears throat> if I was in a manic state, I was very funny, 
but in a different way than when I was not in a manic state. Um, when I became manic, I would go into a rant on stage, a very funny rant where I would just let loose about anything I was thinking of, <laughs> and it would last 20 to 30 minutes. That's oh how long God. it was at a very high energy level, and I would be exhausted when I got done. I would get off stage and just drip sweat. Mm-hmm. Um, and I noticed that didn't happen every time, so I was like, well, if I can't do it every time and I'm only doing it some of the time, something's wrong, something's triggering me to make me go into the rant. What mm-hmm. is it? Mm-hmm. Um, it would be, on one occasion, it was a uh, a car ride from New Jersey to Connecticut that was disastrous. I was 15 minutes late for the headlining slot, which did not make the booker very happy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you don't show up late when you're headlining. Um, yeah, you don't do that. You don't do that. And it was a, a lot of construction, and I got very irritated mm-hmm. that this construction was getting in the way of me getting to my show. By the time I got there, I had gotten into such a state that I walked up on stage with a full head of steam and just went for half an hour about construction. Very funny, but out of place. Right. Um, and you could see people almost looking at me like, what's wrong with you? Because you're just, you won't stop. I couldn't. Mm-hmm. I realized I could not stop that rant. It had to finish. Mm-hmm. And that's when I, I started noticing it was happening more frequently, that things were irritating me more and more. Because uh, I was in a manic state and right. very irritable, right. and I noticed that you know it was now working to my detriment. I couldn't control it anymore. I had mm-hmm. no control over when the rant would start. Mm-hmm. It would start on or off stage, and I was ranting at people that I knew. I was taking it out on people, and I wasn't just performing. I was doing other things with it. That's when I kind of got clued in and said, "This is just not good. This is not normal." Wow. You know what? A lot of people, myself included, you know, when you look back and once you and and. By the way, audience, I don't know if I've said this to you formally, but, you know, I do live with bipolar disorder. And the creative side of Sue said, I am so ecstatic that I am this bipolar person because your creativity is amazing. Yep. You are able to do the unthinkable. You can, you know, reach highs that nobody else can. You can fly. You can jump over mountains. You can do so many things. But then on the other side, when you're out of control and uh, you're doing things, as Sue is talking about, where it's just like, okay, I'm doing this, but I don't quite know why, and I don't know quite how to stop or I don't know quite how to control it, that's the side that can become dangerous at times. Um, and depending on where you are and what what level, and we'll talk about the, the different levels of bipolar disorder, but depending on where you are, those things can become harmful, not only to yourself but to other people. But um, so you were at a state, you figured it out, you go to the doctor, automatically you tell the doctor what's going on with you. Mm-hmm. What did you, what happened from that point when she said, yeah, you're right? She agreed, and she put me on lithium, which is the oldest drug in, in the world. In, yeah, in the world for Since anything bipolar or manic. Yeah. Um, and it worked immediately. I was very, very fortunate. That's very odd for something to that, work that quickly. And... I've known other people that have been on lithium that it did not work well mm-hmm. for them at all. They were zombies. Like this whole you that I'm seeing on lithium was not the experience that I've seen other people. And so that's amazing that it worked for you. How how did it – well, that was the drug at the time, right. number one. But what did you feel? Like you you went from out of control sometimes to feeling what? <sighs> Like did you a much calmer flow? state? Okay. A much calmer state. It was much calmer. I didn't. Um, I didn't rant quite as much. It's never going to go away. Right. I'm bipolar. I'm treated, but I still have bipolar, so right. it doesn't disappear. 
Um, but I mean, there was a noticeable difference. I was able to focus a little bit better mm-hmm. at work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I didn't. I wasn't as irritable. Mm-hmm. I kept that under control. Mm-hmm. But what it also did was, in my mind, because I had been funny because of my rants. In my mind, I said, I'm not funny anymore. Right. And within just a few years, I quit doing comedy. I was oh, so wow. sure that I wasn't funny anymore. That you know, I just it, how could it be the same? For so many years, yeah. I've been working at the in the manic state, yeah. you know, and sometimes induced, you know, on yeah. stage. And all of a sudden, I didn't. I couldn't even get that to come out. Wow. Because you know, it was being suppressed. Exactly. And I was sure that I could never be funny again. So I literally, I quit for. 15 years. Because you have been doing it at that time. When you first went to the to the doctor, how long had you been doing stand-up? I've been doing comedy about um, seven or eight years already. And so then you go to the doctor and you go, aha, I'm not funny. Right. And so 15 years goes by mm-hmm. and what are you doing? <laughs> well, in between. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> in between, I, did, I, I said, I'm going to conform. And you're going to go get a real job. And I'm going to be a real person. High five. Yeah, like everybody else. And that doesn't work real well with us. But Yeah. Um, so I, went, I, did, I did offshoots. I, I was a, a collections agent mm-hmm. and I did, and bored to tears. Just Two bored pieces. to tears. Yeah, I was like, this is, is about as dull as you can get. Um, and eventually what I did was I opened up a repossession agency, which was perfect. Perfect for you. <laughs> perfect. perfect. Hello, people. It, it kept me on my toes. Exactly, because you got to get out. Mm-hmm. You didn't. You were not controlled by the office and nope. the real job mentality. I love yeah. you. So I did that for quite a few years and enjoyed it immensely. Um, and I don't know about other bipolar people, but in my case, I have to have an adrenaline rush. Mm-hmm. You okay. have to scare the living crap out of me yeah. at least once a day or I just don't enjoy myself. Right. I have to have that rush, and that was perfect. Okay. That was perfect because I got scared two and three times a day sometimes, <laughs> 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 depending on where I was and what I was doing. Uh, yeah, hello, I need um, your car. I'm going to blow your face off if you touch my car. Yeah, that's an adrenaline rush <laughs> right there. Mm-hmm. Can I get out of here with this car without dying? Now. I love that yeah. part. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that so that kept me busy for quite a few years, and really after I closed the business, I kind of floundered because I was like nothing was giving me the rush that high yeah. that I needed, <clears throat> and I had an old friend call out of the blue five years ago, and hadn't talked to me in like twenty years, and just said, "What are you doing?" And I described a number of things that I was trying to get into, and she just said, "Well, why don't you do comedy?" So I started over again. Yeah, and you're like, that's a good that's idea. That's a good idea. Thanks. Yeah. And it was just like right in my face. I was just like, oh, yeah. How about that? So I did. I just I started Tell coming me over again. And I've been doing it ever since then. And it's you know it's my mainstay. Yeah. And that is the rush that I get. Yeah. Because that's a high when you step on stage and you're standing in front of people and going, I hope I can make them laugh tonight. Right. That's the rush. Wow. So. Okay, so now you you we've done all that, we've covered all that. Did you ever go back to the doctor and get a reassessment of where you were or you know, how first of all, I I think we need to tell people where bipolar levels are. And oh, by the way, guys, Sue is getting ready to do a fantastic bipolar documentary. So, we're really totally, I know I've said this, we're excited. <laughs> I'm gonna come up with something else, <laughs> but for now, excited is the word. So we're excited for Sue because this is something that, first of all, to not have the stigma of you're crazy, you're stupid, you're you know the joke of oh she must be bipolar. Hell yeah, I'm bipolar. <laughs> so um, not to have that 
stigma behind it and to be able to talk freely about it like we're talking about, hey, let's go shopping, is so, it's courageous, number one. It's, you know, it's owning your own. It's being authentic finally and not really caring whether somebody looks at you in a different way. And I think even for me, coming to that place in life where you're saying, this is who I am, and you and I have talked about it before, Mm -hmm. and we've talked about how friends want to tell you what you should remember when you can't remember what you just said in the last (laughs) sentence, but they want you to remember what happened a year ago. It's just like, for real. But she's getting ready to really expose... um, all of the things that bipolar does with the documentary. So we um we are really just going to be looking forward to her doing that. But what we wanted what I wanted to say was a lot of people don't know the different levels. We're talking about it but, you know, we hear it in a standard form. So let's kind of break down bipolar disorder. What we've talked about the manic side, but let's just kind of give the simplistic form if we can really say bipolar disorder is simplistic, because yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit not. But let's let's kind of tell them a little bit what it is. Um, and I have sheets if we need to. Sheets. <laughs> I don't know where they are, but I do have them. I've been I've been looking at this stuff for months now. Um, <laughs> Bipolar disorder really is it's is a number of things. Most people go, Oh, that's when you go from low to high. Right. High to low. That's one thing. There's more to it. Yep. Yes, that's the main that's the biggest right. telltale sign of bipolar. It's also um inability to focus. Yep. Um racing thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um and severe depressions that come on very suddenly, very quickly, and for no apparent reason. Mm-hmm. Same thing as the manic high right. will come on for no, the no particular reason. The excitement just overjoyed. Um if we we have we are prone to outbursts, mm-hmm. um, especially if we're feeling uh, pressured of some type, we will have an outburst. We don't have a filter is what it is. Mm-hmm. We're lacking the filter that other people have. We're, we're going to speak like our mind. That. I best. love not that, having that, a filter. That's the best one. <laughs> the best one, you know, but then again, people who are 40 and plus can say, well, we're all bipolar because <laughs> we don't give a what. <laughs> After a certain point and certain time in life, you really kind of stop caring, but Past that, you don't have a fit. But I like the fact, like that's going to be my new definition. With bipolar disorder, there is no filter. filter. Or that very limited filter. Mm-hmm. Okay, continue. And a lot of it, when you realize you don't have a filter, there's just times I don't, like you said, I don't care if I have a filter or not. <laughs> but there's the times when I'm meeting with somebody that and you I, should you know, I have to you know, do a production for or something like that that I'm very careful about. And you're like putting up place. your finger like, hold on, I'm just right I'm just going to get my filter back. <laughs> I'm going to the bathroom, not really going to use and, it, just going to get a filter. Okay. And, and, I mean, the lithium does help with that because it suppresses everything, right. so it keeps the, the filter kind of working. Um, but you actually have to make your own effort you do. to control that as well. I mean, medication goes so far, the yeah. rest is up to you. You, you have to work at it every single day. You know, you're going to have to work at that every single day at, I have to, I have to not do this because this is not the norm. This is not what I should be doing because right. it's offensive to some people. Right. Anybody that knows me and is close to me, has seen me have no filter many many times, mm-hmm. so it's almost like they just they just go yeah, yeah that's right. it yeah, yeah it's just so, and there's there's no malintent there's I'm not trying to be mean I'm just popping off right, um, but you know some people really can't handle it they can't yeah. handle that we have no filter, mm-hmm. and but what 
everybody has issues. So my thing is, that's my issue. Right. So I'll, I'll, you know, give you yours. You give me mine. Right. Well, we had somebody that that texted in because, guys, just so you know, we do have a live audience. So you know, you're welcome to to go online and and send us questions. And somebody said, well, what really is a filter? And I, I just kind of wanted to say that that filter meaning is for me. If somebody says oh, that's a pretty baby, and they don't really mean it's a pretty baby, but they just kind of say it. Usually people with bipolar disorder kind of go, that baby is so ugly. <laughs> okay? <laughs> that is just <laughs> an ugly child. You remember the sign Seinfeld show? Oh, my God, that's an ugly baby. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, so you have no barriers sometimes of thought. Yes, possibly. So you have no no barriers, or you have few. It just, just you spurt it out, you just say whatever you want to say, you just do whatever you want to do without constraints. You worry about what happens later, if you think about it at all. So that's kind of what the filter is, but you, you just keep it going, keep it going. The highs are tremendous. That's usually when you're in the most creative form, you're in the most loving form, you give away all of your furniture, you give away all of your money, you just, oh, my God, life is just great, and I'll get it again tomorrow, and you don't even know that tomorrow does not really exist. On the the outburst, those are, and, and I found so many different people. It's so funny, once you realize that you are, you've been diagnosed that you are, you kind of start walking around going, bipolar, bipolar, bipolar. Yep. Oh, yeah, you're bipolar. <laughs> you're borderline bipolar. <laughs> Tell that you're yep. bipolar. <laughs> oh, yeah. You start to pick it up on other people, really. <laughs> you do. You do. Well, I've just kind of been clued in that we have a caller. You have a caller. So we want to have the caller to come in and ask a question. Caller, go ahead. Hello, hello, Jazzy. This is JL. Hi, darling. How are you? I'm good. First of all, let me say that I have really enjoyed your first show and. Uh, it's been a great conversation, and to your guests, welcome to Loudmouth. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I listen to you guys talk. I, you know, my friends always tell me I'm bipolar. You know, <laughs> and I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm sitting here listening to you guys talk about it. And I'm like, wow, they're talking about me. I'm laughing okay. at myself because I no longer can argue with my friends when they tell me I'm bipolar. Now I'm going to say, you're right, I am. I am. <laughs> and I got a professional who has signed off on that. So I guess I had to just add that to my list of many accomplishments. I am now bipolar. But uh, it's been it's been interesting to learn more about the, uh, is it a disease? What is it? What do you guys call it? It's not a disease, is it? No, no, no. See, see the difference between a disease and disorder um, most diseases have to, you know, do major research to find a cure. <laughs> this one is just meaning that you have some imbalances that, you know, are treatable. Um, and it, it's been just such a stigma for a very long time that now finally you have so many celebrities that finally came out and go, guess what, I'm bipolar. And that has made mm-hmm. it a softer blow so that the regular Main Street people can finally go into the office, say, hey, these are the things that I'm dealing with. These are some of the things that I'm doing. Some of the things are out of control that I don't quite you know, feel comfortable with because I don't see other people in my circle sometimes that are dealing with the same thing. Unless you have something to bounce it off of, or like Sue is saying, unless you have had members of your family or very close friends that have actually been diagnosed, 
you just think you're normal for you, but if you bounce it off of somebody who does not have it, then you're the abnormal one. And I'm I'm being, being very cautious, JL, by saying that because who's normal? What is normal? You see what I mean? But people will will point to you and say, well, you're not normal because you're not doing what I'm doing. But once you have um, an idea of what bipolar disorder is, then you can do like you're doing and say, hey, well, that's some of the things that I do, or that may be all of the things that I do, and how you can better manage it if you're having those out-of-control moments. Let me, ask you, let me ask you a guess through this. Is, does bipolar strike any particular ethnic group more than another? No, but it's underdiagnosed in some cultures mm-hmm. and some ethnic groups. Mm-hmm. Um, the average white culture, they're the ones that go and get diagnosed. Mm-hmm. In the black culture, they do not even like to admit to mental illness whatsoever, period. So a lot of times mm-hmm. when a, you know, a, a young black male feels that he has something wrong with him, he'll be told to go and pray in church instead. Hallelujah. Yeah, right. just, yeah, just go pray on it and it will go away. Uh-huh. So he doesn't get diagnosed and he goes through his life miserable. Um, the same thing is true in probably even worse in Latino culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the machismo. It's that macho image that they have to keep up. And I feel particularly sorry for the men that get it twice as bad as the women in those cultures. Um, that's, in my documentary, I'm going to approach that subject specifically because I'd like to see more blacks and Latinos and Asians and all the other what's considered minority groups feeling okay, getting past the stigma and feeling okay about going and getting diagnosed and getting help. Gotcha. Have you ever thought about writing a book about your personal journey of discovery? That's, that's coming That's coming out as soon as the movie is done. Yeah, gotcha. and the, well, the documentary is coming out this year. We're, we're hoping, we're shooting for the end of September yeah. for it to be edited and done. Well, congratulations on this and bringing this uh, light to this uh uh, this behavior, and uh, I've learned a lot, and as I continue to listen, and also I'm listening to hear some jokes, okay? You know, I want to hear your favorite jokes. <laughs> next okay? time. So, okay, that's the next time. Okay, well, I look forward to hearing some of your jokes the so next time. And, Jazz, keep it up. You're doing a great job. Okay, Thank ladies? you, darling. Okay, thank, thank you. you. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Fantastic, Dale. We really appreciate you. Um, you know, this show is called The Bare Truth, Love, Life, Sex, and Flowers. So we're going to kind of, we, we've already talked about the life experience of what bipolar can do and some of the things. And, we, you know, we haven't even broached half of what it does in life. But we want to kind of dive into now um, how it affects relationships, and then we're going to slide into what it does sexually. And Sue, by the way, has been ready to talk about sex like all day, <laughs> like all day. <laughs> so one of my favorite subjects in the entire universe, we're going to talk about how um, bipolar disorder really affects you in sex as well as um, relationship and finances because it really can wreak havoc in your finances, but so Sue, so we we've kind of covered uh, ground about the highs and lows, not having the filters. What do you see? Well, before we say relationship, let's kind of talk about. Let let me just kind of say, I said this to a group on Sunday. Uh, we were talking about how finances can affect relationships. You know, it's one of the biggest finances, sex and family, are some of the biggest that affect relationships. But with bipolar disorder, having that sporadic and erratic kind of mindset. When you have money issues, 
with a bipolar disorder person can be like the end of the world because give me the money to go pay the rent at one point or go pay the light bill. I'm on my way, and this is a true story, I was on my way to pay the light bill, okay? Got the money, everything's cool. I needed to stop, this was many, many years ago, about 20 years ago, I needed to go to Walmart to pick up a bell pepper to cook. I went to Walmart to pick up a bell pepper, okay? (laughs) I came out with the light bill money gone, didn't get the bell pepper because I got distracted. (laughs) Don't even remember what I bought. Got out, went home, sat in the parking lot, and cried to pieces because I'm like, what is wrong with me? Mm-hmm. I know I need to go pick the light bill. And it's things like that that, you know, people with bipolar disorder, you don't mean to. God knows you don't mean to. You are trying so desperately to do the right thing. <laughs> but it doesn't work. You know, so it's stuff like that that takes you into areas that are not, and then you're mad because you don't want anybody to tell you you don't know how to do finances because on the other other end, you're excellent. You you planned it out. Yep. You got it. You're not spending a dime. Don't ask me for a penny. It's not happening. And you go all the way left. Mm-hmm. So you either go all the way right or you go all the way left. So a lot of times that expenditure or that you know, blow it all out comes not because you just don't know how to do things, but your brain does not function the same way as a person who who necessarily would not. So I think we're being flagged again. These flags, boy. Okay, we have another caller. Caller, you're welcome in. Hi. Hi. Jazzy? Yes, who's this? Hi, Jazzy. This is Rod. Hi, honey. Hey, how are you? Congratulations. I'm good. Thank you, darling. Thank you much. I'm just sitting up here and I'm listening to the topic and as you know, uh um I did uh go I did do some study in psychology myself. And so I wondered uh what does Susan have to say about um bipolar disorder? Or can you talk about bipolar disorder uh being misdiagnosed with schizophrenia? Oh wow, wow. Yep. excellent. Do you grab that one? She <laughs> <Okay. laughs> thanks. <laughs> uh, bipolar is is attached to schizophrenia in a lot of cases. It's 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 not abnormal to see a diagnosis of bipolar disorder with schiz- a touch of schizophrenia, or ADHD. Or ADHD. I'm kind of, to, to me, ADHD and bipolar are linked Almost forever. Linked, yeah. yeah, they're linked forever. You have one, you have the other. Yeah. Um, True. And honestly, the ADHD pisses me off more than the bipolar does. Wow. Okay, we're going to get into that. Yeah, being sorry. distracted drives me crazy because it happens all the time. You know, I have a lavender shot right here if you need one. <laughs> oh, I'm not getting, I'm not going to rant or anything. <laughs> <laughs> but, but is there a specific question you have about the, the schizophrenia and the bipolar? or? Well, I, you know, I, I or you don't know. But um, I, I've done a triage or mental health triage uh, in um, emergency room settings, and so often uh, I think when, pe- when uh, people with bipolar disorder come in in their manic states, it, it's uh, mm-hmm. it's commonly uh, 
uh, diagnosed as uh, schizophrenia because right. they mm-hmm. lack characteristics. And um, so we had to uh, watch out for that. And I just, you know, I wonder how many more people are really out there or are they getting the treatment that they need and they're they're being misdiagnosed or have you seen that a lot, you know? Uh, if, from what I've you, read, that's one of our major issues mm-hmm. is misdi- being misdiagnosed. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I I think it's going to take a while to resolve that because we don't have blood tests that we can take. Right, right. That right. determine what we have. It's, it's really just, hey, it, what, talk to me. Tell yeah, it's me just that they they me. listen to you know you describe um, what you've been going through and they make a decision from that. And that's uh, a little scary because the schizophrenia yeah. uh, and a lot of the treatment for schizophrenia and bipolar are the same. Mm-hmm. So they get lumped together anyway. Right. Or and, they get underdiagnosed, mm-hmm. and it's just, oh, you know, you're just a little depressed, and, you know, you need to take a little rest or or whatever, and, th- you know, they don't take the time to really. You have some people that listen intently, and then you have the other side that doesn't because it's just, okay, whatever. They give you, you know, ibuprofen and go home and rest. They give you some sedative and go home and just you just need some rest. And true enough, exercise, health, and rest play a big part in any disorder. However, it's underdiagnosed a lot of times and misdiagnosed. So, you know, you're getting medications that have nothing to do with where you are or they have, they're over-medicating you and so you, you're not even yourself. You're walking around like a zombie. Yep. And that's really a matter of you taking upon yourself to research mm-hmm. whatever they tell you. If they say, okay, you're bipolar, go take a real good look and read as much right. as you can. That's what I did. I spent years making sure that that's really what my diagnosis should be. And wow. I am like as true a bipolar as they come. Wow. I am the definition well, of bipolar. How long, did, how long did it take them to get that diagnosis for you? In, in my case, it was very easy. Um, it was in my family. We had it back on my dad's side. Um, so I knew that there was going to be a tendency towards it, you know, in my generation. That we were, you know, one of I'm one of three children, and I knew one of us was probably going to get hit with it because we aver- it averages out that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so as soon as I started to notice some aberrations in my own behavior, I could compare it to the people in my family that I knew were bipolar, and I could see that I was doing the same exact things they were doing when they were not diagnosed. So my diagnosis was fairly easy. And so you already sort of had that support system. I mean, I guess your family had already, uh, since they had dealt with it, they were comfortable with uh, seeing a therapist or a psychiatrist regarding those issues. Yeah, they they didn't, um, it didn't like freak them out or anything when I came to them and said, you know, I went to the doctor and, you know, they diagnosed me and at that time it was manic depression. You know, I said, you know, they're, you know, they're 99% sure that's what I have. It didn't shock them. Uh, My mom had actually spent a lot of time uh, reading about it because she knew it was going to be in a family somewhere. So she was already prepared for it, which was nice. And, um, I mean, they have been great for the past 24 years in, you know, in dealing with they know I'm the different kid. I'm just a and different one, you know. Just one last question, and I'm sure I, I just caught the middle of the show, so you guys might have already talked about this. But um, in regards to relationships, what do you suggest with people that are dealing with uh, mental health issues? Do you suggest that they discuss that right away, or is that something that yes. needs to be eaten into? Yes. Um, I always tell if I'm, I'm dating anybody or you know, mm-hmm. getting serious with anybody, the first thing I tell them is about the disorder I have. And I try to include as much information as I can about what can happen 
And, you know, I also give them, like, the probability. I went 24 years without an episode, uh. without a major episode, which is not an easy feat. Um, and then had one. But the warning was there. I had said, these things can happen. You know, like, these are the, these are the things that can happen. Probability, very low. But it happened anyway. Um, but in order, you know, I'm very upfront about these are the things that I do that are a little screwy. So don't be alarmed. Exactly. You know, don't be alarmed if I do something like this or if I say something like this. If I fly off the handle because my shoelace broke, sorry. Because <laughs> uh, yeah. I will. I will take my sneaker and throw it against the wall because the shoelace broke. But if you put me in the middle of a crisis where somebody is bleeding to death, I'm perfectly fine. Right. It's amazing, isn't so it? So it's like another part of us takes over. We don't know what it's from or why, um, but I just know that's how I am. Right. It's, and, and, and that's it's going to stay that way. I'm like, I'm very sure it's going to stay that way. And uh, But still, it's really, it's up to the bipolar person to explain to their partner or, you know, whoever they're living with as much as they can about what they have and what it entails. Mm-hmm. You know, if I do this, it you know, it's because of this. Don't get afraid. You know, if I pop off because, you know, my shoelace broke, just don't stand in the way of the sneaker. Just get out of the way. <laughs> Let me throw it and I'll be fine. Um, you know, and really people, most people are for, uh, very good about it. Um, but you have to have a very understanding person. You know, you have to be, you know, partnered with a very understanding person that mm-hmm. they can accept that you're flawed and you've got a, you know, a pretty good sized flaw. But that there's 90% of you that is just fine. so beautiful, so wonderful. I call it a beautiful mind. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've kind of coined it the last few years, Roderick, as, as having that beautiful mind. And, you know, if you're the lucky one, you get to have that um, and all that comes with that beautiful mind. But um, we had just gotten ready to kind of dive into, so you came in at the right time, of talking about the effects that it has on relationships in general. Um, because it it really is um, something that a person has to be ready for. And I I agree with Sue. You you definitely have to say, listen, hey, by the way, I'm bipolar. Um, Or not even so much owning the bipolar as you, but owning the the fact that you live with it. And oftentimes the way somebody else thinks or that they think you should think and how you should handle something. Well, you don't have to handle it like this. You don't have to think this. You don't have to do this. And, you know, you're looking at them like, well, yes, I do, because that's just kind of the way I do it. So it's important to to share those things with a person that you're interested in and allow them, first of all, explaining to them what it is and what it is not and, and the misdiagnosis, the misunderstandings of what bipolar disorder and the levels of bipolar disorder. Like me personally, I have had occasional outbursts, like rage outbursts, especially earlier on because this has been with me for a very long time as well. But just to really finally get my diagnosis was a couple of years ago um, when I went into an extremely depressive state and I just thought, you know what, I just want to sleep and I want to sleep forever. And so having put myself out there to not even live anymore was when they finally said to me, you know what, uh, let's kind of figure out what's going on and why you don't want to live. And it wasn't so much that I wanted to kill myself, I just didn't want to live. Um, so getting to that space kind of made me realize what uh, doctors had told me years ago was that I was borderline bipolar. Well, at that time I had no clue what borderline bipolar disorder, much less bipolar disorder was. So they just kind of 
coined it back in the day, is that you're just very depressive and that you've had some experience in your life that has brought you to the state. And so a few years ago, they finally said, no, we're just going to go ahead and let you know for real. You're about to lose the No, no, go ahead. No, I said it's interesting that you brought up A Beautiful Mind. You know, that, that movie was based off, uh, there was a movie about called A Beautiful Mind yes. about a yes. mathematician or economist uh, who had schizophrenia, as a matter of fact. Yes, yes. And you know what? I coined it after that because not that I was schizophrenic, but that somebody loved him through that, that somebody said, I'm going to walk with you through this. Uh, um, and knowing that his mind was brilliant, but it was just different, and he handled things differently, and he had to do things to cope with it, to deal with it, and to live with it. And so I'm not crazy. Um, I'm not stupid. I'm not any of those derogatory or negative things. I am a wonderful spectacular, fantastic, and any other thing that you want to say that's great and wonderful, but I have a mind that is beauty, that it, that's full of beauty, and it is up to me, one, to appreciate and accept it and learn how to live with it, but it is also up to the person and or persons and or friendships and or jobs to be able to handle this me, not the me that they want it to be, this me. Um, and if they can't, then I either don't need to work there, we don't need to be friends, we don't need to be lovers, we don't need to do anything that we correlate together because this is just the mind that I have. And also, um, the flip side is, you know, even though we do have outbursts and you know some negative things to us, we're, we also we it's an emotionally based disorder. Mm-hmm. Our emotions run high. And they can run high in different directions. Yeah. We also, when we fall in love with somebody, we do it to the hundredth degree. <laughs> you will, we will be like the most loyal, loving people, <laughs> and like love you to the end of time. To the end that's of the earth. The pl- that's the plus side. Um, you know, and we, we're very caring. We we have we're very uh, demonstrative usually. <laughs> um, I get yelled at all the time because I hug people that I don't know. At all? Can I shake um, your hand? <laughs> I just want to touch you. Yeah, thank you. I don't. You know, I just that's more comfortable for me because I'm very effusive when I meet people. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I've had partners in the past that were almost like you're a bit much sometimes. <laughs> with you know, <laughs> it's like all right, I'll back off, but it's just not me. Um, so to me, that's the plus side is that you, you you're not going to find somebody, an ordinary or normal quote normal or person unquote. that loves as hard as we do. That's true, very true. <laughs> well, thanks for taking my call and congratulations again, Jazzy, on your show. And, Thank you. Uh, it's a pleasure talking to you. Have a good night, oh, guys. Same here. Thank okay. you, Rod. And you know what? I just want to take time to to really thank um, the listeners that have text in and that have called in and just, you know, um, listened and asked questions as well as just uh, typed in and said that they're enjoying the show. I want to take a few minutes because we have to come back and pay the bills, so we want to definitely come back in and, and appreciate our sponsor. Scarlet Place Apartments, considered Atlanta's hidden gem, offering one, two, and three-bedroom apartment homes. 
Scarlet Place is in a fabulous location, only minutes from Hartsfield-Jackson International Airport and a few miles from major interstates and downtown Atlanta. Residents of this community enjoy amenities such as vaulted ceilings, crown molding, and washer and dryer connections, fully equipped electric kitchens with spacious floor plans, work out in our new fitness center, or simply relax by the pool. We invite you to call us for more information and schedule a personalized tour. Scarlet Place, see why our residents love to call us home. Located at 3500 Summer Court Drive, Jonesboro, Georgia. The phone number is 470-315-1194. Oh, my God, I love that voice. And um, just in case you guys want that voice, you can't have it. Just wanted you to know that. Um, I turn into that wonderful speaking voice just whenever I feel like it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Guys, once again, we want to thank you so much for joining us on the Loud Mouth Radio, on our Blanc Talk Radio. For those of you um, on the Internet, you can call a friend and let them know that, that they can call in to 347-826-826. 7520 if they wanted to call and ask questions or if they just want to listen. Um, you can also um, check us out on Twitter, on Facebook. You can go to Loud Mouth, and that's with two Ds, L-O-U-D-D, Mouth Radio, um, on Facebook and on Twitter to uh, get in touch with us. You know, I have a producer that is just like the bomb diggity. I really appreciate her so much. She is just the bomb and the diggity. Hush, I know it's dated. I'm old. What can I say? <laughs> what can I say? We appreciate uh, Sabrina Sunny Spoon Smith for creating an avenue for us to get the word out on different topics. So we want to actually have people call in, ask us more questions. We're going to keep talking in the process, but you're welcome to call in and ask us questions. The number, again, is 347-826-7520. I'm glad I have these readers because I can read things and I can drop them down and, and see the um, big numbers on the screen. This is fantastic. Anywho, I wanted to continue to uh, kind of talking about the relationships and the effects that it has on relationships because a lot of times people get involved with these great lovers of bipolar <coughs> disorder most people are afraid to tell people, like Roger just asked a question, when should we tell somebody that we have it? Sue and I both agree that it should be up front. Like, I don't even think you should be really serious about a person. I mean, maybe on the first date, I, I, I think it maybe is a weighing in of the person that you're seeing. But me personally, I just need to let you know up front. I mean, it's not, hey, my name is and I have bipolar. <laughs> but Close to it. Somewhere along the line, not too far from that, I think you should just kind of let people know what you live with and the things that you like and why you like them may be a result of living with this disorder. Um, so I think it's pretty quickly that you should tell a person. But a lot of people will shun you for it. A lot of people will not want to be around you, and that's the realism of having the disorder or any disorder for that matter. Um, some people are not ready for it, and you do have to be ready because if you have the bipolar where you're offensive in your language, where you're having very angry moods and 
you know, you're having, I don't want to, don't touch me, don't be around me, get away from me, get out of my face, and in the next five minutes you're like, I love you, baby. It is a lot to deal with, and some people can't, and that's okay, too. And if you find yourself on the opposite end where you're dealing with a person who has bipolar disorder, first first and foremost, you have some people who don't know that they have it, so they're just acting just out of control, um, for lack of a better word, out of control and not the crazy word. but um, And they don't know they have it or they have not admitted to having it. It's a lot harder to me, don't you agree, Sue, to deal with that person because they've not addressed it. And if you haven't addressed it, then you don't know how to function with it because you, I know, Sue, are on medication. I got off medication. I got off the medication that I was prescribed because it made me a total zombie. I mean, I, I I was not me. I was slow. My speech was more like that than an and than an average speech. And I ended up just really kind of meditating and praying and seeking to find a natural remedy. And I actually found something called Natural Remedies, and it's NaturalRemedies.com that works with focus, works with bipolar, works with everything under the sun that worked well for me. It only had a small um, drying of my mouth, whereas the the medication that the doctors had prescribed dried me out completely. I had to drink like four gallons of water. Oh, my God, it was horrible. I had headaches. I had no sex drive at all, none, zero. And for me, that was like death. <laughs> death became me. <laughs> I wanted to die. I was just like, kill me now. But, um, you know, so I got off of that and I actually worked with my psychiatrist and um, my psychologist and therapist, you know, because I had all three. I was like, listen, I need to fix me. I need to work on me right now. Um, But I began to work with them and I ended up taking this supplement that is just, for me, was a lifesaver. It may or may not work for everybody and a lot of people don't know about it, but you can find it online. It's called Native Remedies dot com. Um, I should actually be a distributor because I love it so much. But nevertheless, it worked for me. This is just so funny here in the studio. I just I'm having a moment, guys. Hold on. This is great. I wish you could see it. This should be video. <laughs> Anyways <laughs> just for a brief moment I'm I'm being treated and cared for. This is great. But um for me, it was a wonderful opportunity, but if people are not aware that they have it, they don't know how to treat it. And so if they don't know how to treat it, you're dealing with people who are walking around with this every day and in relationship with other people. So those other people are the sufferers, while the people with the disorder don't know that they're suffering and or have not agreed to medication, they have not agreed to any kind of moderate um, journaling or marking down when they were having moods. They just ignore it altogether. So we're going to kind of briefly talk about really the effects that it has on other people. So I'll let Sue kind of jump back in there now. Okay. I'm just going to do a brief overview of relationships. Yes. And, and do that. Sue. One do of that. the difficulties I've gone through, and I was with somebody for 17 years, Mm. That's a long damn time, and I hope I never have to do that again. But you anyway, <laughs> no, <I'll> just, <laughs> with the right one, it would be okay. <laughs> but here was the issue: I had a mental illness. Mm-hmm. I had a label. Yeah, 
I had a stigma. Yeah. The person I was with had a tremendous amount of issues stemming from a very upsetting childhood, mm-hmm. a lot of abuse and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. What always baffled me was anything they did was great was okay no and matter what kind fun. of issue what it what it brought out in them what horrible traits it, it formed in them that was okay because poor them can we have a silent moment just on that note <laughs> okay continue <laughs> and if i had a moment mm. well something was wrong with my meds and I'm doing something wrong, and it's my fault. I'm about to run around the studio at this moment. <laughs> and I have found this to be prevalent yes. in relationships with people. Everybody has issues. And honestly, I feel very badly for people. I had a wonderful childhood. I had a picture-perfect childhood. I was very fortunate. I'm very sorry for people that did not, but go get therapy if you didn't. <laughs> okay? Because I'm not responsible for you, and it doesn't it doesn't give you the right to act like an ass 90% of the time. Oh, and if gosh. I do it just a little bit because I've got a a light switch that doesn't work on the on and off position all the time. Mm-hmm. It it's just it's just a very unbalanced relationship because the as a society, we have great empathy and sympathy for people who have been abused or have had a very difficult time in life. We have none of that. No. For people that have mental illness, none. it's a stigma. It's, it's terrible. a bad person. Right. right. And you and it's also thought um since I'm stable Oh my God! Ninety-five percent of the time, completely stable. I had um, in a recent re- recent relationship, I had them say, "Well, I don't think of you as sick. Well, you should, because I am. <laughs> and just because I don't appear to be, doesn't mean that there's not something ticking behind what you see, ready to go off. Right. Um, and that, that's a big mistake. Is that if you're stable and you're strong, then you're perceived that way, and then you can't vary from that. You mm-hmm. can't have a bad moment. <laughs> but they can because. Something happened to him in childhood. Right. I so it was environmental. agree with that mm-hmm. because that had been, that's been my story for a very long time. Or if, you know, that's one of the things, if you tell somebody you're bipolar disorder or that you live with that, that, you know, the minute something happens, it's almost like a woman with her period. The minute she <laughs> says, oh, it's time for my period, then everything becomes, Oh, it's just because it's time for your period. Right. Now, mind you, a lot of things do <laughs> fall into that category, but it's not, well, okay, I broke a nail. Dang, I broke a nail. Oh, well, you said that because you're a bubble. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yep. everything. Yep. I mean, you mm-hmm. cannot have a regular moment because everything is attached to that. We had a question in, in, in the process of us talking about that. We had a question that says, do you have to um, – always take medicine or only be controlled with medicine or, you know, do you have to always go to therapy? Do you always have to have medication? You know what? It's individual. I will tell anybody to embrace therapy. I will tell everybody to embrace therapy because if you can't talk about what you're feeling about to anybody because of the stigmas or because of the thoughts that uh, people will have about you or even the thoughts that you may have about yourself, then you can't get the help that you may need to stabilize your your moods, your life, um, or have those balancers. So therapy to me is number one, getting a great physician to work with you so that you can find, you know, those key triggers um, that may be causing you to have uh, the the bipolar outburst. That is going to help you to now be able to say, what medications you need. Now, Sue, 
is a, a grand advocate for medication because it has worked for her. Me, I am a grand advocate for finding the medication or supplement that works well for you. I don't think that you need to walk around. I remember crying to a really dear friend of mine at the time and saying, I don't want to be on medication for the rest of my life. I like me. I like the crazy, spontaneous, fun-loving me. I don't want to be drugged out to the point that I can't remember what day it is. I remember waking up on a heavy medication, and it was heavy only for me. I was on some Balta at the time because they had diagnosed me with fibromyalgia as well as bipolar disorder, and that was just like, okay, my body's hurting, and I'm depressed. Oh, wow. So I I was on a really heavy dose for me, and I just couldn't function. I I woke up literally every morning not knowing what day it was. That's bad. I could focus, but, like, if something terrible happened to me on this medication, I could not cry. Like, I would cry like this, "Uh, I'll be done. And, you know, it would be something horrific like, okay, your mom just passed, and I'll be like, I'm so sad about that. And I, in my mind, I knew I should be, like, more sad, just mortified. But mm-hmm. I was like, well, I'm just sad about it, and oh, well, I'm feeling okay about it. <laughs> and uh, let's go do something. <laughs> let's yeah. go play ball, you know, or something ridiculous. So medication is a key, but it is finding the medication and or supplement that works well for you. I don't think anybody should walk around with bipolar disorder and not be treated because it does not give you a full balance of life. Your diet matters, the exercise, your sleep matters, um, and having the right type of medication or supplement. And I hope that answered um, the question. Okay, we have a caller, so I want to definitely jump in there and answer this call. Hi, caller, you're on the air. How are you doing? Uh, my name is Jermaine, and uh, I, I got back from Afghanistan about six months ago, and I'm just trying to get back into shape. Uh, I got some <laughs> VA guys telling me that, uh, you know, I, trying to get back into the flow is just kind of hard coming back from deployment. Um, so do so you have any advice for me? Well, this sounds a lot like somebody I know. <laughs> I, I see. I don't know. <laughs> Is this the Jermaine that I birthed like a long time ago? <laughs> Eight years ago. That was you know. Hi, son. How are you? <laughs> Welcome back from Afghanistan. Oh, <laughs> uh, thanks. Thanks. I appreciate that. It's it's good to be back. <laughs> You're a mess. So are you enjoying our show? Oh uh, man, I'm loving the show. It's it's, it's it's very inspiring. I'm loving it. You know what? I'm so glad you called because let me tell you, audience, this is the kid who grew up with me. This this poor brave child <laughs> <laughs> that had to deal with his mom not knowing she had bipolar disorder so many years ago. You know, he he constantly tells me, now, Mom, get over it. I'm a great kid. I turned out great. (laughs) He really did. He really did. But he had to really go through a lot with his mom and being a young mom and then having bipolar disorder and going through very abusive relationships that also didn't make bipolar disorder any better mm-hmm. at all. And, you know, we could just have a whole show, just me and this kid and Sue. Um, <laughs> but, you know, so glad you called because let me just kind of throw out there really quickly, because we're talking about relationships, the effects of bipolar disorder 
um, and the relationships. So, yes. son, having said all of the stuff that you may have heard or not heard, how did it affect you? Because you're one of those people who had to deal with um, me packing up the house when I got upset with you know with your stepdad because he was doing some crazy stuff to your mom, right. and it would be can't pack up, get the boxes, and packing up, and then you know we packed the whole house. Jermaine, I'm so sorry for I mean, you. Oh my God. We packed uh, the whole no, house up, sorry. and then by the end of the day, they're sitting there like, I know she's gonna tell us to put it back. I know she's gonna tell us to put it back, and I'm like, put it back. We're gonna put it all back. <laughs> Yeah. That is so bipolar. So it's bipolar. completely bipolar. So bipolar. I would say, you know, growing up, you know, in that environment was definitely tough, you know. Um, you know, seeing some things as a, as a kid you might not be ready for or ready to see, you know, or, 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 or never really should see, to be honest with you. But at the same time, you know, um, it, it's made me a stronger person. I definitely have had to go through. To, to 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 grow in my own relationship with my family and my children and try not to, um, you know, all children try to emulate their parents in mm-hmm. certain ways. And so, you know, I've had to learn how to, you know, get away from some of the things that I saw. And um, it, it made me a better person, you know, to, to be better, to, to be completely honest with you. You know, if, if, you, if you never go through the pressures in life and you don't turn out, to be what God intended you to be, so and that's the way I feel. So you know, it's it was a blessing in disguise. At the time, it wasn't such a blessing, but now looking back on it, hindsight twenty twenty, you know, um, you know, it's a blessing to have gone through the struggles. You know, I wish that you know, I wish that to God that you didn't have to go through a lot of the pains that you went through. But like you said, you didn't know at the time that you had this this disorder. So either way, my mom's and I love you, and I'm proud of you. So. You're gonna make me tear up, you kid. I want to. I want to have one of him. I know, right? <laughs> He's the best. This kid is so amazing. He used to come up to me. I'd just be in one of my d- depressive moments and crying all the time. I mean, just that—that that was my thing. I, d- I didn't do some of the things that people, you know, some so other people. So you were more on the depressive. I side. was the depressive one, and he would come up to me with that little hand of his. Actually, his hands were huge as a child. <laughs> Um, but he would come up to me and just put his hand on my back and just pat me and love me and just go, Mommy, it's okay, don't cry, don't cry. And he would bring me dandelion flowers and, you know, they'd be all gone, so he'd bring me a stem, but, you know. Before I brought him. <laughs> he would bring me the, the stem of the dandelion and say, Mommy, don't cry, it would be okay. And, you know, and I would then feel horrible because here's my kid encouraging me. It was a roller Right. He took care of me for so many years. So, um, Jermaine, can I have your number if I start crying? Hey, you know, anytime, I'm going to call you, and you have to send flowers to me. All right? Sure, no, no worries. And I ain't taking no stems. You're getting dandelion stems, chick. <laughs> But yeah, thank so, you, you so know, much for tuning in to the Bear Truth Love Life Sex and Flowers with me, Jazzy Jones. This evening we've talked about fibromyalgia, lupus, and bipolar, and we're talking about how I'm not crazy, I'm not lazy, and I'm not stupid. These are just the diseases and the disorders that I've lived with on a daily basis. I appreciate you much, audience, for listening in via Facebook and Twitter and chats and. Um, calling in and live. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you. Join us each week Tuesday at 8 p.m. as we will discuss some of the most amazing topics as our next week's show, actually our next two-week show, we'll talk about all things sex. Oh, my God, this, yes, you heard it. You heard it right. We're going to talk about sex, sex, and more sex. Um, That's going to be a fantastic show. We're going to be joined by a special guest next week. Corset Magazine is going to join us. Um, They were just featured in Essence, and a lot more of our guests are going to be joining us. So we will see you here. We want you to call all your friends so that we can have a lot of interaction. So if you have problems with sex, if you've had thoughts of sex, go forth. Call us next week, 347-826-7520. Thank you again. Loudmouthradio.com. That's loudmouth with two D's.com. Thank you guys. See you next Tuesday.